is a life day and I'm going to finish up the publishing products on the blockchain or using blockchain for authentication and so I'm going to kind of explain the life part of this and why and how it's supposed to go on what you'd expect from the consumer side of the whole scenario for blockchain authentication using NFTs and also using purchases of product through NFTs both physical and digital. So the last crypto episode um, from yesterday we kind of went over mostly purchasing products through NFTs on the digital side. The day before that, we went over how to embed in, uh, technology into stuff, clothing, shoes, paintings, to allow to be able to put your NFT in it in a way to where either someone could or could not you know, obtain it out of there for a verification of proof. And then I even gave a couple scenarios of like, how you can put two NFTs in some products in a way and how to do it in a certain way to where the internal one is your proof of purchase and the external is like almost like an ad so someone else can buy it off the blockchain which allows word of mouth to be more than just word of mouth it allows it to be an actual direct way for people to purchase that item through the blockchain so today we're kind of going to go on the consumer side of things why do they want this? Why would they want to want this? How is it expected to work? All these little things. So, the consumer side. Why would they want verification on the blockchain? Well, I kind of went over a little bit of it the first tech day on this little three-part series, which is the you know, certificate of authenticity, just, it can be faked, it, it, it's not something that really actually authenticates, what they use right now, it's just all bullcrap, there's tons of ads on TV where you can buy products, certificate of authenticity, you get everything, certificates there, everything looks legit, then you go to someone who's accredited, to be able to verify and they're like you've been had this is all fake so doing it on the blockchain we can prove it's not fake or that it is fake and one of the reasons why I say that is even an authenticator can lie to you and say this is fake it'd be real they get it they, they make a purchase price to get it off your hands because you, you know, I feel so bad for you, man. Let me just buy this off you so that way you don't have to worry about we can get out of circulation and all that. They offer you this super low price. You don't even make a tenth of what you paid for it back. And then you go back, back into the authenticity shop or pawn shop or something a month later or whatever and you see what you had sold to them being sold as legit because it was. And that does happen. Well, if it's on the blockchain, this allows the user, the consumer, to authenticate and 
if we're putting the actual physical NFT inside of a wallet, inside of an NFC, inside of the, um, the item, then someone can sweep that or they can pull that private key out and they can put it in their wallet. Well, then they can ensure it's legit. And that's a huge thing. Because someone could still fake all the information, but the mint number would not be correct. And then you could have a authentication blockchain for your product on the uh, producer side. You know, Nike could have um, a, their own tiny little blockchain, JavaScript, Python. It could even be a, a private paper news chain. And it could just be all of the mint numbers that they've used. So all of these mint numbers with address for that NFC or that NFT that's ever been put inside of NFC for a product authentication. You know, that, that means that someone could then, when I mean, you can put that web address, because the web address won't change, right? Put the web address top level link on the NFC, the NFT. And then when you sweep it or whatever, you can see your mint number. You can check the mint number on the blockchain, make sure it's the same. And then you could go into their web address and make sure it's the mint number they used. And on bam, super simple, you know, two-point authentication system from the producer and the blockchain, based on the blockchain data. And again, that can all be automated. Oh yeah. So there's a huge reason they can you know now people can resell this product as legit. People can you know collect these items knowing they're legit. Not guessing, not hoping, but knowing legit. And that makes a huge difference because we've seen I think it was last year or earlier this year in twenty twenty, where a person who collects Pokemon cards and resells them, uh, basically, he purchased a Charizard with a already pre-approved. Um, like basically, there's only two places you can go to to get Pokemon cards authenticated, and they can be graded. There's only two places that can do this. That can, literally grade your card based on information on it to determine how rare it is and he bought what should have been like ten thousand dollar or you know, high-end dollar yeah, i think it was a ten thousand dollar charizard one of the more rare ones had a top grade it was like and some you know he got it pretty much at price whatever the value of it was he paid for it and when he got it live, he pulled it out of its shell because he had a look at it, you know. And when he did, it turns out that it was a fake. It was like a sticker of the Charizard that he was wanting onto another card. So it had the proper back, but it. It wasn't the actual card. And even the grading 
data. Like they'd send all this little case with the grade and it has all the information on it. All that was faked. But if there was a QR in that grade, because there already is one, but if there was a QR in that grade that went to an NFT on the blockchain to prove it was graded by the proper people. So that means when these people grade them, they could take a picture of it after it's been graded or before it's been graded and put it on the blockchain. They can put the the grade number and stuff from the NFT data. And then, um, you know, you could, before you even purchase it, you could, you know, they'd send you a picture of it, scan it with your phone, go on the blockchain, see it was graded or whatever. And then those people who grade them could have a very simple blockchain of all the mint numbers of their NFTs and maybe even the, the card and grade. Card number, grade. And you're probably thinking, well, with all this public data, wouldn't that make it easier to duplicate this stuff? In a way, but it also is a two-point authentication. So duplicating the NFT will give you a different mint number. So the second authentication point, the other the, the, the other person putting this information on the blockchain's personal blockchain of you know, mint numbers or whatever. And so we could ensure that nothing's happening. And since it's a blockchain, you know, we don't really have to worry too much about crazy stuff going on. And if they did like a private paper news chain for their uh, mint numbers, well, basically you would have um, a web address, a website, just a page, which could also be done on private paper, of all the mint numbers and the actual location in the the news chain of that data would be linked to each mint number. So you'd click on a mint number that you're looking at and then it would take you to that page and have all the information you need to find there. And because it's private paper, it's private, which means if someone tries to change anything and publish it, it will be published as a fork, not the original. It doesn't affect the original. And yeah, something we can, it, someone could fake your entire website and, and have a fork of each and every one of your things, but it won't be the original. Uh, there's still another way to authenticate that. They could take the hash and put it, take that link hash and throw it through a, a hash generator and actually get a secure hash of the input so if someone changes it, the input will ch- the the link hash will change. So then, when they go throw it through the generator, the output will be different than the original. So there's even a way to double check that. So we now have a triple authentication method. And this is correct. This is the proper one. This is the right one. The right location. All that. And uh, yeah. So I mean, this is a huge thing. So basically, what we're saying is, um, like. Someone could still attempt to make fakes, but there's still be a way to figure out that it's a fake pretty easily on the consumer side of things. So the consumer gets this assurance that whatever they're buying for a large amount of money, even if it's just a large amount of money to them, is legit. And that's a huge thing that, especially the way the world's going now, where everything is copied, we kind of need that. 
So is authentication the only reason? No. Purchasing is the other reason. So even digital products, when you go onto a website and you're trying to buy something online, digitally, how do you know it's legit? You don't. People still get screwed. You know, people go online and they buy a digital download, gives them all the specs, it's supposed to be this big, supposed to be this, supposed to be that, download it, eh, not, not true. They've already wasted their money and then they realize when they go back that the link is slightly wrong, where what looks like a lowercase l is a capital I, you know, little things like that, and it really causes problems and if you you know misspellings people it's a big thing where you you if you don't you know if you're a scammer and you want to make money you go find commonly misspelled words you find websites that appropriate to that and you get a domain name of the misspelled version and then duplicate the website and host it on your own and then basically when someone goes and makes a purchase on your fake version well, they're just basically giving you money. And so even digital products have a reason to go through NFTs. Now, in the last NFT, I explained oracling, which allows data in real world to be pushed to an NFT for a smart contract to write it into a blockchain through a smart contract, you know. And that can actually physically change the NFT. So those NFTs could be sold. You could buy the NFT that shows you the results for yesterday's game. And those could potentially go for a lot of money. So a gambling site that makes its money through the cut of the win, or maybe even a cut of the, the entry, could now profit again through NFT. And a collector, a consumer, say someone won that bet, they could buy the NFT, or the NFT could be given to them for winning that bet. And so you have this potential circulation of money, where, okay, they have to, they, so anyone can buy, you know, but if I won the bet and I have enough money, you know, the gambler, the, the bet company knows how much the highest paid person got. Well, and the next, you know, the second highest, whatever. So they can just make it worth more than the second highest win. Not the top win, but just above the second highest. So then that way it kind of helps say, okay, if the person, anyone under the first winner wants to make a purchase of it, they have to put all of their winnings in plus more. And that kind of, that doesn't exclude everybody, but that would make some people absolutely not even give a crap. And that. But that gives the top winner a chance to purchase it. And they can kind of be like, yeah, I won that bet. <laughs> yeah, that bet I won. And they can have this like, you know, trophy type thing through NFTs. And so not just authentication, not just purchasing this digital product, but it's like personal collectible that, you know, normally to, to, for someone to do this, they have to, Wait for the, when the, the score sheet to come out on a newspaper, cut the newspaper out and stick it to something. But that happens less and less nowadays. Nowadays people take screenshots of the, the totals on their favorite website. So I mean, it's just another way to do that in a more practical manner, automatively, that
that it's also used as proof of win. I mean, it's just insane, right? So what this also does is this opens up a new capital venture, venture for the consumer to entice him. And a lot of times these are going to be like luxury or collectible type purchases. But something that these type, you know, because in this example, the gamblers, they're already doing this stuff. People take pictures of when their slot machine hits. What if when a slot machine hits a jackpot and the casino's system automatically builds an NFT and then when the, you know, when the people are, you know, oh, you got to sign this, you got to sign that, they can go, oh, do you want to purchase the NFT? They can make a small amount of their winnings back. Make it 1% of whatever they want. Seriously. Whatever they want, 1% to buy the NFT. Oh, uh, NFT, uh, you want $1,000, NFT costs a dollar. Or, in this case, I think it'd be $10. And they'd be like, oh, yeah, so they just want a bunch of money, then that'd be nothing. But the casino side, they'd be able to make a lot of money. And if they're accepting a, you know, like a cash, if they're giving up cash, they're accepting cash back or just taking it out of your winning, they go, well, we can take 1% of your winning and send you an NFT through your Ethereum wallet. And then you can have proof that you won this and it will give the information that that individual machine outputs from your win. Oh, really? Heck yeah. And if you took a picture, like they always take a picture if you're using a digital camera, and you have your SD card, one of the ones that can connect to the Wi-Fi, because they do have SD cards that can do that, then as soon as you take that picture, it can be uploaded to the website, which then can be applied to the NFT during creation. So not only would it have all the specs that the machine outputs to prove that you won, how much and all that, but it could have the actual image of you. So that, I mean, it'd be huge. And then say someone doesn't want it burn it oh well cool or don't mint it until they say yeah sure you know when you're like well one person for one percent of your winning you can get a, a this nft um, sent to your wallet and can you, oh the one percent helps pay for the transaction fee and that fee oh yeah okay yeah here's my ethan wallet they, here's my qr they just scan it with an infrared, you know, the type of readers we already have, they're like an infrared laser reader or something like that. Boop. Boom. Sent. Actually, just minted and sent to you at the same time. Really? Oh, it's Ethereum. Got it in 12 seconds. Thank you. Dead serious. Dead serious. Or they can actually say, okay, you're, um, here, here is the, uh, you know, printed on your receipt or whatever is the, QR for the Etherscan address of your transaction of the NFT being sent to you. Really love that. So if it takes longer than 12 seconds, no worries. All automatically could be done. And imagine going to a casino and have a big sign somewhere in the front. All jackpots. Uh, any person who wins a jackpot on a machine could, can get an NFT of the win. Proof of win. Oh my gosh, I can prove I want to. Oh. And it's just, it's big, it's huge. It's all 100% different. And it really could pull in people. It's a marketing strategy 
that from the consumer side, it's almost like a second win. It's a proof of win. It's a OMG collectible on that because I won that. And in the code, we can make it set where, hey, they can't, once it's transferred to that person because it's minted and transferred at the same time, it can't be moved again. It's stuck in their wallet forever. This is kind of the future, you know? When people are gambling on the computer more often than inside the building, even the online casinos can use this. They can screenshot your win, put that in there, like all sorts of stuff. And what's funny is like on a online website, if they screenshot your win, it could be more specific to the actual output of what you were seeing that shows that you won and none of the other stuff. So it could still have some private private ability in there and it could be a little bit more private. And yeah, it on the consumer side, it's a huge difference. It is like when cars came out and you no longer had to have somebody in the front of the car walking. Right, because they were getting a little bit too fast and they were trying to get everyone out of the street because they're like, okay, streets can no longer be used for people. It's now used for cars. Cars are, you know, a lot more efficient or whatever. There are no more ho horse and buggies are almost completely gone. So we didn't get people out of the street. Yeah, it's, it's like that. It's like, well, I can offer you this car where you don't need someone out in front of you when you drive. Or I can offer you this other car, this Model A, Model T, Model C, Model D. Well, you have to have someone out in the front when you drive. Or I can give you this horse buggy where you have to have horses and feed the horses and take care of his crap and blah, 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 blah. See what I'm saying? Like, NFT would be the car where you don't need someone in front of them. This is, to, con to the consumer, this type of technology interface, it's this ginormous difference. And yeah, there would still be people that would be like, nah, I don't mess with none of that. But even to this day, when people, when these casinos go, we're going to take a picture, there are still people that say, nah, I don't need none of that. So there's no real difference there. No real difference. And if you're minting and sending at the same time and only doing it if person wants to pay for it or wants it to whatever, you're still saving money. Absolutely. So from the consumer side, it's like night and day it's just why not and if you think about this think about it real hard game companies could do this you finish a game you could have a spot on the you know you f you finish blah 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 before the credits whatever where you could say meant to NFT Use the console camera or the or your webcam to have us, you know, you know, to scan a, your QR to host it to your Ethernet wallet or your wax wallet or send your wallet information to this specific web address where that web address would be specific to that screenshot of that finalization, that win that you just did. You know, th this goes so f much further and beyond than what I already said. And it could be what drives in more people. 
it's a marketing technique built in into this way where it actually brings in joy and a feeling of accomplishment. It's no longer, I beat the game, big whoop. It's, I beat the game, I got an FT to prove it, here's my stats, it's, it's on the blockchain, everybody can see it, it's, it's known, all sorts of different things. And now imagine speedrunners, speedrunners who really rely on proof of whatever. Imagine that speedrunner gets done, the game says, okay, you, you did this, congratulations, blah, 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 blah. And in the NFT information, like, that it could be stats, but in the information could be the log output. Or in the unlockable section could be the log output. Now, putting the, the details of the NFT log output would be better because then we could see if that speedrunner cheated or not. You know, and the way uh, consoles and the way operating systems for computers are set up, unless you're running Linux, you don't actually have control over that console or that computer. So the game company, because game company is like if you're running on, on uh, Steam or one of the Windows clients that allows you to play a bunch of games for free or whatever, um, Stadia or whatever it's called. Um, and even some games that just you download but requires the internet to use, they can actually turn on and off your ability to play that game. They already have access to that, at least that game, while you're playing. So there's no reason for this to not be possible. I mean, if you're already taking rights away from people by you know taking their, their right to be an ability to play the game at will or free event or whatever, at least at least give them something in return. I don't have a sponsor for today's outro. So why don't I go ahead and you know, maybe listen to some more of these or maybe visit private paper right there on your screen. Just link, just press it. It'll go straight to the generator. I'll allow you to generate a private paper. Um, which private paper is a digital private document. It's a private digital paper that you make on your end and until you opt in to make it public, it's private. Until you uh, you have to opt in for everything, including actually writing it. So, and then it's actually yours. You actually own it. You, you can prove it's yours. And it's a whole new thing that is going to change the future. And with the protocol that it's using, it this protocol could actually reduce the amount of traffic online by 70%. It, it could allow a more scalable internet because it, this is a mishnet where the internet is actually moved and updates are like a blockchain. And go ahead and give private paper a try. Click the button right there on your screen. 3dd.in slash ppgen. Have a nice day.